Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we once again join you, Tiffany in Italy, Katie in Seattle, on our exploration of expats. Tiffany still being a long-term expat in her 10th year. So and far. Uh, Sort of. And me being a... Uh, no longer an expat. <laughs> For now. For now. For now. Things could always change. It does. It is true that once, now that I've done it, I, I dream about doing it a lot. So it's definitely possible that it could happen again at some Almost point. like anything. Once, once you try something, once you've, you accomplish something, you know that you can do it again. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't a bad experience. Although I have been in my mind thinking... What would it have been like if I had stayed as long as you? You know, would I have a totally different opinion about the experience? I might. I might. That's the hard thing. Well, it's a different it's a different kind of experience. I think when you do something like that for a year, it is really like a, an experience with a front and an you know, a back. It's bookended. It's a very compartmentalizable moment in your life. Whereas when you do something for 10 years, it doesn't become like that anymore it becomes your life it becomes everything and obviously you had a life before that but it's so much time third of my life almost I've been an expat and so it's I can't even remember what life was like before I mean I can a little bit but hardly and also you go through like so many different phases one year is crap and another year is great and in between. And sometimes that doesn't have anything to do with being an expat or not. It's just what your life is like that year. And so you can't really, I can't really say, oh, these 10 years have been so terrible or these 10 years have been great. You know, I mean, just like any person's life, 10 years is a lot of time. It is a lot of time. I think one difference that when I think back on my one year in Rome, it seems like it was a, a long year. Do you know what I mean? It lasted a long time. And now, well, that's good, right? Yeah, it is good. It's it's sort of what we strive for in life, is it not? One of the main complaints is that life goes by too fast. And I think part of that is just you're in a ritual, you're going to the work, you might love your life, but it goes by fast because every day is familiar. So the days blend together more. I, maybe, I, maybe that's what's happening. When I threw myself into another culture and with no work and no agenda, all of a sudden, every day didn't seem the same. They all felt very different. And oh, sure. obviously, there were some rituals, you know. <laughs> I knew that I would see you on Tuesdays and Thursdays, most likely, and maybe Saturday morning. And uh, I lived in the same place. But um, it didn't have that, that ritual that happens when you have a normal job and you've lived in the place for a really long time. Yeah. Now, I felt like that year went by so fast. See? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fast. I knew it was going to be fast, and it was fast. Mm -hmm. And when September rolled around, and, you know, it was the anniversary of your arriving, and you'd already left, I thought to myself, it seems like yesterday we were having aperitivo in Villa Pamphili. It was one of your first nights there. And I thought, you know, we have the whole year ahead of us, and now it's over. I know. I know. And that's the other tricky thing about time, is that I feel now that I'm back, I feel like it was ages ago. 
Really? Yeah, that we did it. But not really. I mean, it can't be ages ago in the sense that it's still very much in my heart. The things that I'm interested in are still very much fueled by what happened in Rome, both what I saw there and the personal exploration I did of myself there. But it's just so easy when you're back in your environment that you're, you were used to to feel like that was an adventure that happened a long time ago. What got me thinking about this whole question was yesterday I saw a friend of mine that I haven't seen in well over a year. I'm sure I said goodbye to her long before I left and it's been a few months since I got back. So it's been a while. And so when I saw her, I gave her a big hug. And I guess I didn't really realize until I gave her the big hug that we weren't the f kind of friends that were hugging a lot, <laughs> a lot, I guess, in the past. We we, I, we came from a very um, formal working relationship with one another. And then over time, we became friends. We just had a lot in common. And she's a very funny person. So we became friends. But since I hadn't seen her in a long time, I gave her a big hug. And she said once we were seated at lunch, in her head, she had thought, why is Katie giving me such a big hug right now? And then she jumped to oh yeah you know I haven't seen her in a in a really long time it's been a year at least and for her it felt like I had just left she said obviously she knew that she needed to make an appointment to see me because she felt like it had been a while since she'd seen me but a year certainly not a year but she must have realized a year had gone by if you were back I know and it's true and it's weird because that's what's so interesting about time is once you're sitting across the table with somebody like that, and generally speaking, when I see here, we are eating lunch together. So it's, it's not like we're hanging out at night. Lunch is our thing. We get lunch together. And once you're in that position where you're doing the same thing that you were doing, immediately I can remember the last lunch that I had with her before I left town. And it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Well, that's the thing about time. It's, it's stretchable. It can seem longer or shorter. Even the same amount of time can seem longer or shorter when you're in a different mood or when you're comparing it with other things. Like you said a few minutes ago that it feels like so long ago that you were in Rome. But on the other hand, I would guess that the same amount of time went by much faster here than it did when you were in Rome. Yes, that's true. How many months have you been back now? Uh, I can't remember exactly. I've been back. Let's see. Um, anyway, you've been back a few months. But that, those few months... Maybe even I six would guess. months. Is that possible? Have I been back for six months? Um, well, well... Okay, it's about five. It's but about five. I would wager that your five months in Rome went by more slowly than your five months here. Because like you said, you're back, even though you don't have a strict routine yet because you haven't started working again outside of your freelance work, you nevertheless are back in your home. You're back in your home city. You don't have all those st stimuli that you were talking about. You don't have the, all the new strange things going on that were so new to you when you were in Rome. And so it's easy to sort of just let time pass. Yeah. That's sad, though. <laughs> The way you said it's that just sad, depressed me. But, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think that um, I think that you know, like you you mentioned earlier, you can find ways of slowing time down if you're aware of it and you try to. When you're not happy, time goes by really slowly, and when you are happy, it goes by fast. I mean, that's the kind of general rule. Of course, it's more complicated than that. 
But I remember my first year in Rome, and uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that my first year in Rome was not great. (laughs) And it went by so slowly. I mean, especially the first even few weeks. The first two weeks I lived in Rome, I lived with some relatives of mine. I don't say family because I don't consider them family. They weren't super nice people and I'm not really in contact with them actually at all. And, um, but this is 10 years ago and I lived with them for two weeks. You know, they very generously let me stay with them while I was looking for an apartment. And those two weeks were the longest two weeks of my entire life, except for maybe like sleepaway camp when I was a kid. <laughs> sleepaway camp, like three days, was like a year. I was such a homebody as a kid. It's amazing that I ever moved abroad because I was such a homebody. But anyway, um, so I mean, there's that aspect of it. There's time can stretch when you're not happy, when you're going through something really difficult and you're just like, I got to get to the next day. <laughs> Yeah, But obviously that was not what you were going through in Rome because you were, from what I could tell, pretty happy most of the time anyway. I think I went through that in the first month, maybe, yeah, to a degree. Obviously, there's still a lot to see. But I went through some time when we were living in that first apartment over by Piazza Navona, which was an awesome location but a horrible place, <laughs> mm-hmm. where um, Derek started his program and he had a purpose for being there and all of a sudden I was alone during the day and was thinking what in the world am I doing here you know Mm. I threw my career away and now I'm like sitting around and he has a purpose and Tiffany has a job and she has a purpose and I'm just here hanging around you know (laughs) what am I doing uh and it took me to get past that shock of you know, like any place, when you move to a new place, maybe not everyone's like this, maybe everyone else is so excited when they get to a new place. I always go through a period of mourning that lasts at least a month, if not four years, like when I first moved to Seattle. Um, Once I got over that, though, and found a purpose, which was you're going to rediscover your artistic self or whatever my purpose I invented was, that once that began... I didn't feel sad anymore. But the time still didn't speed up. It didn't feel like it went by really fast in any way. Yeah. It just... Well, that's good. But You're I think lucky. Part of that, I think, was that I learned in that year to live in the moment. Wow. Yes. That's not a small accomplishment. Yeah. And now I find that I'm less interested in living in the moment. <laughs> now that I'm home why is that no I'm just kidding it's not that I'm less interested um but it's somehow it's just easy to not live in the moment when you're in your home place maybe it's also partially the American way America is a very future oriented place Italy is a much more present oriented place it's just the way that people think and live their lives is more in the moment in Italy and that's not always a good thing you know, because people make really, really bad mistakes because they don't think about the future. Like what? So, you know, like, um, like, you know, like, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I mean, um, what's a really like bad for, decision that you made in the moment when you weren't thinking in the future as a, as a new Italian? Certain people that I dated, for example, <laughs> that I'm like, I know this person isn't right for me, but what the hell? But that's kind of, that could happen anywhere. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's future orientation and there's present orientation. I actually re- watched a really great documentary about this. And 
the guy said that the guy, see, I'm so scientific. The guy on the documentary said <laughs> that the closer people live to the equator, the, the more present oriented they are. And it's not just because of Latin culture, you know, or this or that, but it's because when you live close to the equator, the closer you are to it, the less the seasons change from each other. So all the seasons start to seem the same. There isn't a great difference between them. And also the days, the length of the day doesn't change. A day in the middle of winter is the same length, more or less, as a day in the middle of summer. Whereas if you live in Norway, your days in winter are going to be very short and very cold. And obviously your days in summer are going to be very long. Might not be hot, but obviously warm. And so what happens is when you have this extreme change in the seasons, you are more aware of time passing. And when you live near the equator, it just, it just all seems the same. But that sounds counterintuitive. If you're more aware of time passing, wouldn't that mean that your time seems longer? No, if you're more aware of time passing, it means you know the future is coming. Oh, and there's a time coming. It's like the whole like preparing for the winter thing. You know, if you know the winter is coming and you've had 30 years of cold winters, you know, and you're a chipmunk or whatever, you're going to prepare. <laughs> you're going to buy. You're going to find those nuts and bury them for the winter time. Or if, you know, the same thing if you're if you're a human, you're going to do certain things that you need to do to prepare for the future. And, you know, obviously we don't live in such a rural way, at least most of us don't anymore. But I think that evolutionary wise, this, it carries over. And so you think, well, okay, I would really rather go traveling, just have fun for the next year. But I have this opportunity to do an internship and that would be better for my future. So that's future oriented. It's not right. It's not better or worse because, you know, somebody might say, you know, you should go and travel and do that. That's probably going to be more fun and that's going to maybe, you know, be more exciting and inspire you. I'm not saying that one is good and one isn't. Countries in the south of Italy and, you know, even more so as you start to get towards, you know, Central America, Africa and stuff, I think they don't have a sort of sense of looking towards the future as much anyway. And so they do things an American or a British person might be like, that's crazy. It is true that now that I'm home, I have a calendar and every single day there's something written on it that's an appointment of some kind. And, See, there you go. And that those appointments, I have some next week and I have some that are the week after, you know, already. You can't really live completely present oriented and you wouldn't want to be 100% that way because if you were completely 100% present oriented you would never get anything done because you would be like today I gotta live this day I'm going to the beach and you would go to the beach every day and eventually you would have no food <laughs> you know I mean you have to think about the future yes I suppose that's true, although... Obviously, you don't want to go in the other direction either and never, ever let yourself enjoy your life. So is there anything that you actually do to, I don't know, if you find time going too fast, anything that you purposely do to try to slow it down? Not really. I don't have any real processes for doing that. I think you do, though. I think you and your husband, from what I remember, have something very interesting that you do. Um, which what are is, you thinking of? <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. I said, what are you thinking of? I'm it's something thinking very of, interesting that um, you do. This is a really cool thing that, you know, like a little ritual that Katie and Derek got into when they were living in Rome. 
and that is that they would celebrate, correct me if I'm wrong, all of the major saint days on the calendar. That's true. <laughs> Hi, Claudio. <laughs> Isn't he cute in his new glasses? He is, but I like them very much. <laughs> well, I go for it. He, he wants to show off that he's wearing an apron and oh, rubber yes. gloves. It's very nice. And he's a, and he's gloves. a true Italian man. Americanized <laughs> Italian man. <laughs> it's um, fun looking at you through Skype. I feel like I'm sitting in your apartment. Cut that bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so you were saying... Okay, so Katie and Derek used to, in some way, I'm not going to say celebrate, that may be too strong of word, but definitely they marked the major saint days and the major not just saint days but also festivals so you know all saints day all souls day the immaculate conception right yes although we've been doing that less since we got home we used to do it in the sense that we'd look up whatever the saint was or whatever the festival holiday was and then we'd look up what were the ancient traditions that people used to do during that holiday and then we would do those <laughs> basically like i think it was uh saint martin's day Traditionally, little kids used to make their own paper lanterns that day and cool. parade through the streets with them. So we obviously couldn't, per well, I guess we could have paraded through the streets of Rome with, with our paper lanterns. But being uh, humble and shy people, we didn't. But we did make paper lanterns that day. Like I went to the store and bought gold paper and, and we'd always talk about making the traditional meals, which we never do. Actually getting a goose and roasting the goose or something like that. We never do do I it. I think but. that's awesome. I think this is really, really fun. And I think it would be fun, especially if you had kids, yes. you know, to get them involved in those things as well. well and it's Did also you come across any traditions that were like, you have to like go out naked and sing in the moonlight <laughs> <laughs> under the full moon? Not yet, but I'll look for it for you. <laughs> <laughs> there are... Uh, it's it's just interesting to do because it's such an interesting look at history. Now, did you find that that did help you lengthen time? It makes days special or different. Yeah, I think, and that, it makes them stand out from each other. It does work a little bit in that way because it makes this one day be like, oh yeah, remember that day when we made paper lanterns and we paraded through the streets of Rome with them? <laughs> um, we haven't yeah, you been can't doing really that. forget that. We haven't been doing that so much since we got back. Uh, we have been trying, uh, or just last weekend we tried for the first time, and what would it be like to not talk for an entire day until the sun went down? And so we did that last Saturday. Oh, I have done that. And we're in the same house. Yeah, it's hard if you're both doing it. I went through a period when I was in university in conservatory when I had a, something wrong with my vocal cords and I was studying classical singing, as you know, that was a problem. <laughs> a little. And the doctor ordered me to not speak for a week. Not only could I not sing, I actually couldn't sing for a month, but I was not allowed to utter a single word for one week. How'd that you was do? not easy. <laughs> I did it. I did it. But it was, um, it was a challenge. It makes you think about things like, going to the store if you can't yeah. speak at a grocery store what do you do well <laughs> you i just... mean what are they all they ask you is busta that's all they say no you i can know. just nod or shake your head that's true that's true but what if you're in a situation where i don't know on the days that we did it i felt like i couldn't leave the house because what if i went somewhere and somebody asked me a question 
and then I'm <laughs> and I just hold up my hand and you know I, I went through all these scenarios in to... my head what am I gonna do <laughs> pretend I have lost my voice or, or yeah. am I gonna break it you should it? put like a bandage around your neck <laughs> <laughs> or do I break it and just answer the person's question no you gotta go for it all the way one thing that happened is we took a walk Seattle is very friendly in the sense that if you walk by somebody they'll say oh hi or hi I say goodbye and, and you just feel so bad not a sound <laughs> just person's probably thinking how rude we didn't even acknowledge my existence well you could easily do that in Rome and nobody would notice and, well I know Rome is different that way but uh, that's one thing we've been trying to do to just make things different yeah it's about how do you make the day different or if you're working freelance all the time, how do you make sure that you don't work all the time? Hmm. What I find difficult is, you know, now working every day at an office, I'm not going to say that I hate my job. I don't hate it, but it's a job and it's an office job. I mean, it's, it's a creative job. I get to write and brainstorm and do good things like that. It's not like I'm typing letters. But it's still an office job, and I'm still sitting inside an office with people who I wouldn't be with otherwise. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> and it's easy to, you know, want the hours to pass and to look forward to the end of the day. And I, I hate it when I do that because I think I'm wishing my life away. As much as these hours don't seem like much, just looked at on one single occasion, they add up, and they add up to the bigger part of your life. I really hate it when I do that, but I, I can't help it sometimes. Yeah. Or not even just looking forward to the end of the day, looking forward to the weekend. And I'm sure I'm not the only person out there who looks forward to the weekend. Even if they enjoy their work, you look forward to the weekend. And as much as that's totally normal and understandable, it's at the same time kind of sad because it just means you're looking forward to time going by. Do you ever get bored? At work? In life. In life, not very often. I do sometimes, but it always feels so lame when you get bored. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, last night, we, Derek and I were both relatively tired and we wanted to just watch something. And we're sitting oh, yeah. there in front of the computer, Netflix, HBO Go, all those programs where you can watch movies. And we're flipping through movies. No, no. And after a while, that gets so boring. Well, just screw it. Let's just not watch anything. No, no, but I really want to watch something. Okay, well, what would not be bad to watch? <laughs> what show can you tolerate? <laughs> See, I'm sorry. I got to stop you. That is, a f that is just n not, that is not good. <laughs> I have nothing against watching quality television and film. But if there's nothing on, why? Why sit there and watch something that you don't want to see? I don't read, know. read, because reading, you're never going to get bored reading. True, but I reading mean, if you're is... really getting, if you really get bored, then, you know, you need to put the book down and pick up something else. But you can't really get bored reading a good book. True, but that's not something that you're doing together. That's true. You could read side by side. You could read side by side on the couch, eat your own book. But it's different. I we know. Had, that's... We had our pizza that we had ordered on the table. We wanted to watch something. You know how that is. Yeah, I know how it is, but why is it different? I'm just talking out loud here. The reason is I say this as well is because we, my husband and I, we do not do that. And not because we are so great, you know, because we don't have a TV, but because I don't personally like to watch things that are dubbed into Italian. He's fine with going to films that are 
original English language with Italian subtitles. He's fine with that. But we never kind of sit down and get cozy on the couch with a movie. And I have to say, I do miss that. I miss that your shared experience, but it's also very sort of relaxing, quiet time, the end of the day. It's nice. Yeah, that, so, I mean, that's a whole other issue is you two not speaking the same native language. It creates little things like that that you wouldn't really think of. For us, going to the movies together, going to the cinema is always, I'm not going to say an argument, but it's definitely, an <laughs> we argument. definitely, you know, we kind of get into it. Beyond the fact that we don't always want to see the same film. If I have my way, we see it in the original language, but that means that we have to go across town to the cinema that has it, the only one cinema in Rome that plays movies in the original language, and there's like two showings, and it's only going to be in the cinema for a week, and then it's going to be gone. There's certain films I will not see dubbed. I don't mind seeing like an action movie dubbed into Italian, but I won't see Woody Allen or Meryl Streep or Michael Caine dubbed. I just won't do it. That would be strange. So, it's yeah. the same Italian actor, though, that plays Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything visual is the same. It's just this. It's just the soundtrack. No, is no, different. no. I mean, did they have the same guy always plays Tom Cruise? Oh, yes, they do. They do. And in fact, they're having the dubbing awards right now. I'm getting all <laughs> these emails at work. Oh, the National Award of Dubbing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but you talk to Italians and they're like, oh, no, he's an amazing actor. He's always done, you know, Robin Williams, let's say. He's always done the voice for Robin Williams and he's amazing. And I'm not saying that he's not, but he's not Robin Williams. If you've only seen them dubbed into Italian and you go around saying, oh, my favorite actor is Robert De Niro. He's such an amazing actor. You've never heard his voice. Yeah. How can you judge? But that's a, different, that's a whole different story. Wow. Yeah, that is a really interesting thought. Ooh, Italians take the dubbing very seriously. They think they have the best dubbers in the world, which maybe they do. I'm not going to say that they don't, but you should see the film with the original actor's voice. Otherwise, it's not the same. Ask Claudio tonight who his favorite dubbed actor is. I would be curious okay. to know. I'll ask him before we finish. Um, Let's go back to time. Back in time to time. We'll talk about time a little bit here. Speaking of going more back, time before time is speaking done. of going back in time. Yes. The film Back to the Future 2. I'm assuming you have seen it. All right. Isn't that going you, up to the future? <laughs> yeah, but, it, you know, the film came out in the 80s. So it is it is kind of back in time. But anyway, okay, yes. here's what I'm going to say. Do you know what year he goes ahead in the future to? I should know. 2015 really yes <laughs> like any child of the late 70s 80s as we are you've seen back to the future number one at least a couple of times mm -hmm. so yes, many times. you know how it takes place in 1985 and he goes back in time 30 years mm -hmm. to 1955 and for those of us who never lived in 1955, you know, that seems like such a huge difference. I mean, it seems like a different world. People have different values. They have completely different lives. It's just, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. The same period of time, the same distance of time, 1985 to 2015. So, <laughs> so that means that people born around now... They see 1985 the way that we saw 1955. That is crazy. 
I know. It is insane. Because I still remember 1955. That must I mean, be- sorry, 1985. <laughs> you do. I don't remember 55. I remember 1985. And I mean, yes, it was a while ago, but not that long ago. And I wonder if someone who was, let's say, born in 1955 feels about now if those first 30 years felt as fast as the second 30 years. I felt like from t- the year 20, when I was 20, I mean, not 1920, <laughs> <laughs> from when I was 20 to when I was 30, felt like such a long time. I mean, mm. it felt like ages. I did so much. I experienced so much. I felt 30 to 37 felt like an, a second. It felt like a blink. Yeah. It, it just doesn't even feel like it happened. Like when I turned 30, almost, it feels like yesterday. My dad turned 70 and he wrote an article about turning 70 and how startling that is to think that you're 70 years old. I guess it was a woman who responded to that article, who's his age, said, yeah, I still, when I walk by the mirror, I sometimes do a double take and think, who is that person? Because in my mind, I'm still operating as a 40-year-old woman. That's my greatest fear. So let's change the subject. (laughs) Can we, please? I'm friends with a a guy that's in his 70s, who very much seems like a peer to me sometimes, you know, except at moments when he's showing his age. (laughs) by how he's critical of me, but that doesn't matter. But he used to say that the difference between people is not so much age, it's whether or not they've gotten old, old in their hearts and I know. their souls. I know, I can totally see that with people in my own life. Yeah, Absolutely. they become just bitter and whether or not you keep kind of a curious and youthful spirit, even though physically you're old. He thinks it's a big differentiating factor. Is. Anyway, uh, we've gone long, <laughs> so we should wrap it up. This is an interesting topic of time, though. Isn't it crazy how fast this podcast went by? <laughs> it's so crazy. I feel like we just started. <laughs> and me too. <laughs> Hopefully you don't feel the opposite out there listening yes. to us. <laughs> well, considering that my father and mother-in-law are waiting for me to be done recording this podcast so we can go get lunch, they probably feel like it's really long. <laughs> they probably do. Claudio... Dimmi chi è il tuo attore preferito doppiato? Nel senso, chi secondo te fa il doppiaggio molto bene degli attori italiani? Nel senso, gli attori americani, ma doppiati... Chi è doppiato? Sì. I'm asking Claudia that question. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Dustin Hoffman. Russell Crowe. Those are his answers. Okay. I'm going to try to find some clips. A woman? Una donna? Sigourney Weaver. I'll try to find some clips, and if I can find any, I'll, uh, I'll put them on. Yeah, maybe, especially if it's like a famous clip from a famous movie. Yeah. Like The Godfather. Like, if you can get something. Oh, wait, De Niro's not in the... Pacino, oh, Claudio says Pacino's done really well too. Perché è cambiato? Ah, because Al Pacino, he said, has changed now. The dub, the dubbing guy is not the same. So you, if you do an Al Pacino clip, you got to get it from Godfather Part One. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ask him how he feels about, I know he likes Rocky. How does he feel about Sylvester Stallone? Oh, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky. Ah, okay. So the guy who used to dub Sylvester Stallone in the 80s was really good, but he died. So they have pero, someone else pero, now who's not as good. Anyways, he says the guy who, who does the dubbing for Sylvester Stallone now is really, like, he's got a voice really similar to Stallone's. That's why they picked him. Um, but the other earlier one was actually a better actor. Anyways, I don't think that the, any of that is interesting to our listeners. So. <laughs> you could be wrong. You could be wrong. Well, let's leave it there, shall we? I think we shall. Okay. This is The Bittersweet Life. I am Katie Sewell. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us next week. Don't be afraid, Carl. Come on, you think I make my sister a widow? I'm godfather to your son, Carl. Only don't tell me you're innocent. Because it insults my intelligence. It makes me very angry. In gamba. Non avere paura, Carlo. Che diamine, non renderei mai vedova mia sorella. E poi sono anche il padrino di tuo figlio, no? Ma non venirmi a dire che sei innocente. Perché mi insultò la mia intelligenza. E la cosa mi disturba molto. Visit the donate page on our website, thebittersweetlife.net. All donations are reserved exclusively for the creation of audio content. Your financial support keeps us strong. Thank you.